take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. The wordplay of the day. What did I tell people when they thought I had polio? Answer. When people thought I had polio, I told them, no, I don't have polio. But polls are how I roll. The thought of the day comes from actor James Earl Jones. He is probably most well known for being the voice of Darth Vader in the Star Wars movies. He said people who lusted after Marilyn Monroe had no idea she stuttered. It was the secret of her sexiness, actually. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Cerebral Podcast. For new listeners, the Cerebral Podcast is me talking about my crutches as disability devices and literary devices. I also offer up personal advice to help parents, kids, and anyone else who wants to learn about my interpretation of disability engagement. I was born with spastic cerebral palsy. It came from being born with spinal meningitis two months prematurely in the 1970s. Spastic cerebral palsy is a movement disorder that moderately impacted my balance and coordination. The spasticity occurred because of stiff or tight or involuntary muscle movements. It primarily impacted my legs and secondarily impacted my arms and hands more mildly. I grew up in competitive schools where I was mainstreamed in the 1970s and 1980s. I was the only kid with a physical disability in school. I was sometimes forced or coerced into difficult situations because of my limited options, understandings, or lack of support. As a result, I often used my cerebral against the palsy like an oxymoron. In other words, I used my brain to work through many of my physical, environmental, and even existential challenges. Reasonable accommodation and the ADA didn't become law until 1990, or broadly accessible to me until I was at Marist College in New York in 1991. A reasonable accommodation is an adjustment made to make fair the same system for an individual like me based on a proven need. As a result of not readily having access to reasonable accommodation, I often used enriched environment examples to increase my own social-emotional learning. The basics of social-emotional learning now involve self-management skills and 
social management skills to improve self-direction and responsible decision-making. This is episode 81. Thank you for joining me today. Preface. For the month of November, I have been talking about family issues. Today, I am talking about gallows humor. Gallows humor is defined as dark or grim humor that helps people deal with pain in a desperate or hopeless situation. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences, or ROPE, I am talking about some examples of gallows humor in my life. From using crutches to my dad making his own Polish jokes. He sometimes joked about wearing glasses and having four eyes. Be sure to listen for one or two things that you can take away from this episode. Now, let's both take hold and engage. According to the Psych Central website, humor has been long recognized as more than mere fun and games. It presents an alternative means of expressing criticism about injustices, arrogance, pretensions, or hypocrisies that cannot be expressed socially, legally, or in some other significant way. Gallows humor refers to cynical humor that was derived from stressful situations. Gallows humor comes from the German phrase Galgenhumor. A research paper from 1942 defined gallows humor as the index of strength or morale on the part of oppressed people. And it has historically been associated with persecuted or condemned people. Gallows humor is often viewed as an expression of resilience and hope that has the power to soothe pain or suffering. Gallows humor persisted in places like Nazi Germany, where brief moments of pleasure found in humor helped psychologically with intruding depression. The use of humor in difficult situations may be helpful in regulating pleasure and brain chemistry. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences, or ROPE, I am talking about some gallows humor that I have used regarding my disability. In episode zero, I used the following joke of the day. People often ask me, when did your crutches become easier? My answer was when I realized that I really am half Polish. My dad and my aunt never really liked that joke. They sometimes saw it as a slight or an insult to my Polish heritage. To me, it was sometimes just a coincidental truth. I found comfort in that joke with my situation. When I was growing up, my dad used the nickname Crash Targos for me because I fell so often.
One of the reasons why I didn't like it was because it was his attempt to be funny at my expense. Given the power differential and so many other differentials that exist between parents and children, poking fun at the weaker person in the situation or equation can be compared or equated to the king and the court jester relationship. The individual that has a weaker social, legal, or other status. In the case with my dad, it had to do with a simple difference in physical abilities. The only difference was that I made the joke about myself and my situation. My dad made the joke about me. My dad did make Polish jokes when he was around other Polish people or relatives. There was a common experience or understanding or frustration or the feeling that could be expressed through Polish jokes. Different ethnic groups used humor in different ways. For example, Gallo's humor that my dad used sometimes referred to himself as a Polish Polak. Other people understood that derogatory phrase and also understood its pain. Another example was when my dad had also described himself as having four eyes since he wore glasses. And other people who wore glasses in a group could identify as having four eyes as well. They, they identified with the derogatory nature of that phrase too. It was a way of taking the power back or the thrust of pain of it and changing the meaning of the words. It was a common identifier or a rallying attribute that made Gallo's humor possible because of the identifiable commonality with the group of the same people. That common experience or understanding or frustration or feeling could also be expressed in the disability community. Cripples, shortened to crips, was sometimes used by myself or other people with disabilities as a common denominator or nickname. Over the years in summer camps for people with disabilities, I've had friends that use the Crips keyword as a solidifying gallows humor cry. That is not to say that everyone with a physical disability or crutches likes those slang words or sees them as a badge of honor identification. But if someone without assistive devices made a joke or comment using a characteristic that they don't have, it is not meant to solidify that community. Because of the shared experiences or characteristics, Gallo's humor, which seemed like an insult, was actually a source of strength or pleasure 
and even sometimes a bond in difficult circumstances. I have other friends that also refer to themselves as Crips. Crips, in this case, meant sea rips. When I was living in Brooklyn, New York, 15 or 20 years ago, one of the, que- one of the questions I asked other people with crutches or wheelchairs was, how many rips could you see? The rips or scars were how many surgical scars I or other people with disabilities had. The more scars you had, the more you felt like you belonged with the group of the other Crips. The Crips code made me feel like I was more invested or part of the disability community. And it was a secret society of strength. If I stumbled, I even called it a stutter step. It might not have looked sexy, but at least I would save face with my crip friends. I used, moved, or rolled along with my poles or crutches and used them to take a stab at life. By taking stabs with my poles or crutches, I found a new sense of balance and stability. Were there one or two things that you heard in this episode that you could lean into or learn from? There are more episode resources in the show notes. Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked? Would you mind joining and sharing it on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group? You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at thecerebralpodcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments, or ideas for the show. And remember, it takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable, and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, take hold, engage in your world. You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast. I never give up.